Ladies and gentlemen, once again, welcome back to Opportunity Knocks, the podcast all about the business journey. We're here to talk to small business owners, entrepreneurs, aspiring entrepreneurs and business owners. And as always, we try to bring you some of the best guests that I've ever been exposed to. And today's guest is no exception to that rule. Um, Willie Miranda and I have known each other for probably 15 plus years. Willie is the epitome of a businessman. He is, he knows his numbers inside and out. He knows how to take a team and build it into something special. He's the owner of the Miranda real estate group in Albany, New York, one of the top 10 places to work in the capital region pretty much year after year going back. We'll ask Willie how long that's been going on. He's an author of three books with his most recent and Amazon bestseller, How to Not Get Your Ass Kicked in the Real Estate Business. He is a business and real estate coach. He has been a friend, a guide, and a mentor to me for many, many years. Willie Miranda, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you for having me on, Dean. It's a pleasure to have you here. I don't know who's beeping, it's you or me, but we're going to run into some tech issues. We are, we are it's still in the midst of the quarantine and the coronavirus pandemic, so we're all kind of locked into weird places dealing with some tech issues, um, but we're making it work. Willie, one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on here is, Ada, a, thank you for everything you've done for me and being a guide and a friend to me in my business for many, many years. Um, and like I said, both on a, on a business level and on a personal level, you've been, you've been a huge asset and resource to me. And I can't thank you enough for that. Um, you've helped me through some tough times. You've helped me with some good times and we've had a few laughs along the way to say the least. I, good time. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. The good times outnumber the bad times exponentially. Um, but I, I wanted to, to bring you on here because we, we speak to a lot of business owners about the process. Some who are in the startup mode, some who have gotten in and done well and then come along hard times and struggles. And we're watching a lot of businesses now as a result of, of the, 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 uh, the quarantines and the, and the pandemic that's going on in the country, watching a lot of people struggle. And you, you've been in this business for how many years now on the real estate side? Uh, just over 20 years. And you were, you are still, but before that you were in the, in the insurance business as well, correct? Yeah. Still in the insurance business. And it's how 95, okay. uh, it's been about 25 years. So 25 years. So you've got quite the track record. Uh, you've seen, you've seen the best of the best times and you've seen some of the worst times for, for, uh, for our generation. Give me some insight as to what you think the biggest problems are with small business owners today who want to get started or get over that hump to find success? You know, what I see out there, Dean, I see a lot of um, entrepreneurs coming into the marketplace that um, wants that, they want that quick fix, that instant uh, gratification. And um, I've witnessed, uh, even on the real estate side, some agents that come on and they see what we have, um, what we built over the years, whether it be a business or whether it be, you know, assets, a home, a car, whatever the situation may be. And I think that a lot of agents watch a lot of TV. Um, they see the HDTV and it looks so great, you know, selling these multi-million dollar homes and that they're going to drive around these fancy cars. Uh, it takes a lot of work, right? Like a, they don't know a lot of the history of what goes into um, being a successful entrepreneur. And, you know, I always tell people, I said, you know, you have to do your push-ups. You can't pay anyone to do your push-ups and you have to get out there and actually do it and get the guidance and the mentorship uh, that's needed. So I, I, I think that's the one of the biggest problems I see now is just not just underestimating what it really takes to be successful in any business uh, requires, you know, nonstop seven days a week. I mean, I'm in my office, you know, Saturdays and Sundays still 25 years in the business. 
uh, and I love it. You know, it's something that I get up every day and I have my list, my priorities, and I know what I'm doing. But um, I, I think that's really the biggest challenge I see out there amongst a lot of entrepreneurs, really just the, the work ethic to start uh, to get a business off the ground. I love it. And, and I think that goes for anything, you know, the, the, the line, anything worth having in life is worth working for. Um, you know, our, our businesses are, I, I don't like to get too Pollyannish, but our businesses are like another one of our own children. Um, and we've got to treat it like one and we've got to love it and nurture it and put the time and effort into it to hope to get a reasonable return out of it on our worst day. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So what led you, let, let, let's, let's go back here. You were in the insurance business for a couple of years. What led you into the real estate industry? Well, right out of college, I, I went right into the insurance business. Uh, I actually wanted to be a state trooper um, right through high school and college and uh, ended up going in the insurance business for like seven months before um, I was accepted to go into an academy. Uh, but you know, I made more in six months than I would have a whole year uh, as a state trooper. And a lot of friends that I talked to said, you don't want to do that. Stay what you're doing and ended up taking that advice. So uh, but for five years, I worked for a company called Prudential Financial Services uh, from like 90, 91 until 95, opened my Allstate franchise and uh, was doing very well at Prudential, but I just didn't want to relocate. I wanted to leave the area and I was in that management chain. Um, and, you know, as things progress, they want you moving around. So I uh, ended up getting into Allstate uh, insurance, 1995, scratch operation. And uh, it was pretty challenging at first. I mean, we did very well. We were number one in auto, number one in uh, life insurance. Um, but I had to pay rent. I had to pay heat. I had to pay lights. You know, the true entrepreneur bill yeah. started to come out. And I wasn't paying that when I was at Prudential because I was more of an employee. So I uh, ended up borrowing some money out of my, um, my 401k. Uh, ended up taking money out of um, uh, some loans, some credit card debt. And in 98, I found myself about $125,000 in debt. And it was then, Dean, that I decided, hey, I got to I gotta get another job here, some type of part-time job while I'm building this insurance. Because the insurance was going well, just that in insurance, it's all about renewals. And we didn't have a big book of business built up at the time. So I ended up uh, getting a job uh, working for a local real estate company and um, really just loved it. And uh, started uh, getting into it a lot deeper with uh, what needed to be done with my insurance and the real estate, kind of combined the two. And within uh, just over 18 months, I was able to pay that $125,000 in debt with the money that I made in real estate and also uh, building up the insurance. So that's how I got into the real estate business. Really, it was out of need, necessity for extra income. And uh, at the time, I had a six-month-old baby. Um, my wife was working part-time. So uh, we, needed, we needed the funds, and uh, we had to kick it up. So as you know, you do what you have to do to uh, uh, support your family and to make sure that uh, failure is not an option, um, but you're going to dig deep when needed. Nothing like rolling up the sleeves and getting a little bit dirty when you have to, right? Oh yeah. And I think that's, I think that's part of the enjoyment, you know, to be, to be self-employed. And like I tell people all the time, you know, it's tough being self-employed and being an entrepreneur because you got a jackass for a boss every day. He's usually the guy looking at you in the mirror when you're brushing your teeth every morning and you can't fire him. You know, you're unemployed every morning when you wake up and you can't fire that guy, but that cycle goes on and on over, over and over every day. Um, but I, I think this is a lunatic. Yeah. I was going to say, I think the sadistic part of it is that we, we love that knowing, knowing that feeling that you've got to wake up and you've got to work to eat every day until you can build a sustainable business and remove yourself from the job of whatever that business is. 
You know, and I like what you said too. And we, we do wake up as entrepreneurs every day unemployed, right? Yep. We're always looking for that next opportunity that's out there. And, um, you know, just because we have a, say a good week this week in closings, well, that's for work that we did 60, 90 days ago. That's right. right? If we want to uh, eat at 60, 90 days in, in advance. We need to do work today and we wake up every day unemployed. And that's yeah. something that I really try to instill in my um, agents that work for me and also my sales team on the insurance side that we have to always be looking 60, 90 days out. It's so one of the things that I like about you is that you, you do a good job mentoring and coaching your, your, your team, your agents, your coworkers, however you want to refer to them, uh, refer to them uh, to not be transactional, but to build that never ending book of business. And I, I think that's yet another one of those many flaws that many people who get into the self-employment entrepreneur world is they look at it and say, I got paid today. And the problem that many, especially, and I'll take it into the real estate industry because we both know it so well, um, that the, if you want to have a good meal tomorrow, that's not promised to you. If you want to have a good meal 60, 90 days from now, that's what you're working for today. And to build that constant flow instead of having those peaks and valleys that so many salespeople in, in every industry seem to go through, especially when they're commissioned. Um, it, having that transactional mindset becomes career suicide all too often. Absolutely. Now we talk about it all the time. Uh, I, you know, I say, you know, you either want to be a relationship type agent uh, or a transactional agent. And I've always been a relationship type agent. I teach, I teach uh, my agents that, and, you know, you talked about database and our, our relationships that we have with our database. That's our biggest asset, right? In any business. I mean, yep. when you look at, um, an attorney or a doctor, I mean, what's their true asset when they go to sell out their business someday? And it's really their, their clients or their book of business is really what their only asset in the business is. It's not the, you know, the equipment that we have in our office and the right. computers and all that. It's the relationships. And that's yeah, something I, that I feel we've done a very good job building that over the years and investing into that database and investing into those relationships. Yep. And, um, you know, back in 9-11 and then again in 08, uh, when everything happened with uh, the mortgage crisis, I mean, we did okay because we had a really good relationship with our our book of business and and our our customers. Uh, and even now, you know, I'm picking up the phone, reaching out to at least ten to fifteen uh, uh, past clients, just checking in on them. How's things going? How's the family? Everything okay? Uh, it's not about sales right now. This is right right about relationship. It's all about relationships right now. hundred percent. And uh, sales we put to the side and that's the message I've given to my, my agents as well. Get out there, reach out to your past clients, re reach out to all the people that are in your database, make sure they're okay. This is about humanity right now. It's not about sales. Yep. And, yep. and I, I, I agree with you completely. I look at the biz, the value of any business is a in its database, but one, a right below it is in the systems that help you to maintain those relationships with that database. And I think that's something that many entrepreneurs don't give themselves credit for or take the responsibility for is to build those systems that are relatable and sellable. You know, like right. we look at a lot of our internal systems and say they are unique to us because we've tweaked them to accommodate our needs, but we've stolen those ideas from so many people along the way over years. And that's all, that's all part of being an entrepreneur is knowing where to look. There is no shiny penny or magic pill but you can look at the places that other people have had success. And I think too many people, not enough people pay attention to the fact that your systems are part of your sellable product as well. Right. Right. And that will lead me down the path of, you know, the, the reason why Willie and I met 
originally was through a coaching program. And Willie's another one of these guys in my, in my sphere of influence, uh, that has gone into the coaching business as well. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, I, I coached, uh, and trained for about, uh, just over 12 years. And, um, but I've been in a coaching program since day one. I mean, I started back in 98 when I got into the business, I jumped right into a coaching program because I knew, uh, you need help. You need that mentorship. You need that guidance. And I found that when I was at Prudential, uh, with a, just always went out after the top people, brought them out to lunch, brought them, had a cup of coffee with them. Wanted to always learn because success, as we always hear, it's, it's cliche, but success does leave clues. And I wanted to know what they did to get to where they were. Um, but with coaching as well, I just, it's a natural, it's in my DNA um, to want to help people and grow. And I get excited about um, watching agents, uh, you know, take something that I gave them and run with it. Um, it's one of the reasons why I wrote this book. Um, you know, how did I get your ass kicked in the real estate business? Because as I was coaching, I found myself repeating over and over yep. and over again, all the things they needed to do from, you know, proper time management. But, uh, you know, some of the big things were lead management, lead follow-up presentations, uh, again, those working systems, with the those, process, like those said, core right? systems yeah, and going right into the referral and repeat business. And it just keeps cycling around. Yeah. And, uh, so I put that all in this book to, to give to my clients, uh, but also to my coaching clients, but also to give my agents when they came on board. Uh, and it's been a, you know, it was an Amazon bestseller. It was a great, uh, you know, it's still something that's, uh, um, evergreen. And, uh, I have a lot of agents that refer to it today. So, um, but I do do uh, a lot of coaching now. I'm actually uh, putting together another coaching program that I'm going to be doing right now, which is a six-month type program, driving them through all those different things that we just said, uh, Dean, you know, from lead generation right on to a repeat and referral uh, yeah. business cycle. You're a big believer in systems and you're a big believer in accountability. And, that, and that's one of the things that, that I've always resonated with, that, that's always resonated well with me. Uh, you're also a numbers fanatic. Well, I wouldn't say I'm a numbers fanatic. Uh, listen, I've seen, like I've seen some, numbers. I've seen some spreadsheets in my time and we sat down two years Florida. ago down in Florida. I think it was January of 2018, maybe, uh, right. at a Gary V event. And we sat down and you broke out your spreadsheets and numbers. And I'm saying, man, this guy down, down, maybe not down to the penny, but definitely down to the nickel. You, you knew everything about it. Yeah. You know, we, and that's because you find out things like this, Dean, by doing things sometimes the hard way. Right. Yep. And there was a point in time where I wasn't really good at numbers and we were making a lot of money. And then when things shift, like they're doing right now, uh, you get, you get real. So, uh, back in, you know, nine 11 and 2008, we made some adjustments, but we put some good process and systems in place with our financials, always forecasting out 60, 90 days, knowing what the expenses are going to be, knowing what the pendings are going to be, uh, building reserves, uh, as well. We talked about that not too long ago, yep. making sure that you have, six months, 12 months of reserves put aside because when something like this happens and it will happen, uh, you need to be ready for it and not lose everything that you work so hard for. So, um, but no, we do track a lot of our numbers. We track a lot of the leads that are coming in. We want to make sure that uh, appointments are being tracked. I have a great ISA that does a lot of calling who tracks, you know, the number of calls out, number of appointments. Uh, she does a really good job of, of making sure that we have a good return on investment on a lot of the uh, marketing that we do for our company. Uh, but we do, uh, I, I appreciate the uh, compliment on it. We can always do better though. Dean, of right? course. We can always do better on marketing and getting those numbers down. Yep. yep. Let me tell you, you've grown your company to about 80 agents. 
Is that correct? Yeah, we're about 85 right now. Okay, so you've grown a little bit more since the last time we dove into those numbers. Tell me a little bit about your thought process going into hiring both staff and independent contractors as real estate agents. What is it, you know, tell me a little bit about your systems and processes for doing that because we always hear that people tend to be the hardest part of any business. Um, and I've experienced that in several industries, not to say people are bad, but getting people to understand truly what's in it for them, what they, what their responsibilities are to the company and what the company's responsibilities are to them. So give me a little insight on how you go about finding great people. You know, it's based on referral. Um, I, our, a lot of our best employees, our best hires have been from other uh, agents or other employees that are here that refer us to other people. Um, so that's one of the ways that we've done it in the past that has worked out pretty good. But we've been lucky too. You know, we've used Indeed and some of these other sources and be able to interview some people. Uh, we had uh, our last, uh, well, three years ago when we made a hire, uh, we ended up having them do a video. Uh, they had to send us a video, part of the process. And we had 187 applicants and we told them all, I said, okay, shoot us a quick video. Just tell us why you're awesome for this position, why you would be awesome. And uh, we got three people that responded. Well, out of the three, two got hired with us, right? So it's all about if they're not willing to do those steps or jump through those steps, then how are they going to really be effective working for us? So I, I think it's a, a lot has to do with a feel for when you're hiring staff. But I'm not the one that really hires them, Dean. I have them meet with the rest of the staff. Like they make the final decision. And I think that's a big, that was a problem I did years ago where I just thought I'd just hire someone and put them on and say, hey, look, I just hired Dean right. here. He's Jump, our go. new, uh, you know, employee of the month or whatever. And um, it backfired pretty big time. So now what I do is I'll interview, I'll screen. And then when I narrow down to two or three, I say to the staff, hey, you guys pick it out. Let me know what you think. Uh, and that's worked out really good for us. So staff-wise, I think is... Um, we have a great staff and uh, some of them have been with me 15, 16, 17 years uh, that they've been with me. So that's a long time. So I must be doing something right with, with most of them. Um, and then, you know, as far as agents, I think agents, it really goes down to relationships and we don't want everyone working at our company. That's one of the big things that uh, I see a lot of the bigger companies, you know, they want all those new licensees in. they, they don't care as long as you're producing numbers, we want you on board and we'll kind of look the other way. Uh, we're more about culture. We want to make sure that we have good people that are working for us, um, work together, and there's not anyone with a huge ego that is going to step on each, uh, on each other's toes. And um, a lot of our recruits, team, believe it or not, really come from us just giving out great content uh, in the marketplace. And these agents see it and they reach out and they say, hey, you know what? I'm not getting that from my current brokerage. I'm not getting that type of training. Uh, can we talk? And um, Sometimes we'll talk and I'll help them sometimes a year or two years. I'll give them all kinds of stuff and they're not working for us. Uh, then sometimes eventually they say, you know what? I really um, would like to talk with you about building my business within your business. And that's when we bring them on board. I love it. You touched on, on you, you kind of touched on mission, vision, core values. Is that something that you put a lot of time and effort into on a regular basis? Or did you establish that in the beginning and you've kind of maintained it through the years? <clears throat> yeah, I, I think, you know, it came down to really, uh, we hired an actual business coach uh, back in 2011 uh, to come in. And that was one of the things that we felt we were a little bit weak on with having a vision statement, having a position statement, um, and, and really having a, a really uh, tight um, core value amongst the, the agents and the staff. So we, we brought him in and did some exercising uh, exercises to, to get to that point. And we actually brought uh, the team in and they, 
you know, wrote down a lot of different words and what they felt, um, what we were representing. And, um, you know, we refer back to that uh, very frequently uh, to make sure that they understand it's in our conference room. We have our, you know, mission statement on the, on the board. And, you know, our, our goal is really to work with the best agents um, and to make sure that we're working with um, some really great clients and make them happy to have a great experience working with our company. And uh, that's something that, um, you know, the agents did. They put that together, the yeah. staff did, and they, and they do really work by that. But it's funny you say that because um, over the last six years or so, seven years even, I've had to look at my roster a lot of times and say, you know, would I list my house with that person? Would I buy a home mm -hmm. through that person? If the answer is no, or if they don't meet uh, core values, um, then they're asked to leave. They got to go. Yeah. You know? So uh, it's been, it's made it really easy for us to to keep our culture the way it is. And, and I think that agents uh, really appreciate it because there's not a lot of companies out there that really hold true to that. I, I'd love, I love the way you went with it because I, and you kind of reverse engineer the whole thing is like you, you had a vision for what it is that you were looking to do and you had your own personal standards and, and standards that you would set for the company, but you allow the, you allow the, the, the team, the agents, the employees, the staff to really establish the core values which establish the company uh, and making them part of it. And I think that's a fantastic exercise, especially when you have an organization as big as yours. Um, you know, when you get, you get more than five or six people in a room, you start to get a little bit large, a little bit too big for your britches, but you kind of step back and, and let them establish it. And I'm sure you played a pretty strong guide in that process uh, and had some influence over it, but because you see it from a, from a different perspective, you know, and, and this is not to be demeaning, but we, we look at our roles all too many times and say, we're kind of Henry Ford. We've got to sit in that classroom above the assembly line to watch what's happening so that we could see where the flaws are and where the opportunities to increase productivity are. Not that we're micromanaging the people down on the floor, but sometimes when you can step back, you get that better view and you can see what truly is happening and how you can make life better, easier, more productive, more profitable for everybody else on the floor. You know, it's true. I mean, you know, I've come with the philosophy is I want them to own that because if they don't own it, Dean, they're not going to really hear it. It doesn't mean much to them. But the fact that they help put that together uh, gives them ownership in that. That's it. And that's the same that goes true with staff members. Like I want someone, if I'm going to have someone doing my bookkeeping, I want them to own bookkeeping. Mm -hmm. uh, if they're going to do my marketing, I want them to own that position because I don't want them to ever point fingers or say, well, she didn't do her job or he didn't do his job. Uh, no, this is your task. You own it and deliver. And, uh, you have all the support in the world, uh, behind you, but you, your name's on us. Uh, you got to bring it to the finish line and, uh, they all get it and they do a great job, uh, as a result of it. It creates the opportunities for fantastic communication. Yes. I think when I people, agree. yeah, when people are comfortable within their role and their position and they respect the role of the people around them, they tend to communicate better, which leads to better results, fewer problems, less turnover. Um, all, all too many of those negative things. I want to sneak back because, you know, anybody who knows me knows one of my favorite subjects is, is digital and social media. And you touched on what's, what's, let me first start here. What made you ask those applicants for the roles at your company to do a video? How long ago did that start? And what made you do that? Uh, just with technology. I mean, uh, what we've, what we found is that some people that we've hired, um, I didn't understand, like we do a lot of stuff on social media. We do a lot of stuff. We do a lot of videos and I needed them to be comfortable with that. And if they weren't comfortable doing that, it's no different than going way back when we used to have people, 
you know, do a typing test, right? Mm-hmm. We wanted to see how great they were on a computer and how their skills were. But nowadays, if you're not on social media, you're dead, right? Yeah. You're pretty much dead, right? You're the secret agent. Yep. And I don't want anyone in my company or my staff. So my staff needs to know because if they need to help an agent, they need to be comfortable enough to be able to go on a computer and do those things. Um, but also, you know, we want our agents doing that as well. But the reason for the video, I mean, that idea came from you know, just one of those masterminds I was at. I'm like, you know, that's a great idea. It really shows that extra step that someone has to take if they really want the job. It allows us to be able to see their personality, but also their their willingness to go on camera. And there's so many people right now that, you know, uh, should be doing video and you've heard it all before. Yeah. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to go on a camera. I don't like my voice or I want to lose 15 pounds or whatever the situation may be. And, you know, get over it, right? Yeah. Get over it. Um, we yeah. are who we are and um, people want to see us for who we are. And um, so, and then that's why they got, it. because they jumped through that extra hoop, it showed me that they had more initiative and um, they were very nervous about it too. The one, you know, both of them said, I didn't know what to do, but you know, but you would never see it in a video. Like they played right. it off. Right. Uh, but right. they were, they were very nervous uh, about doing it after we had hired them uh, about that process. I love it. How many, what, what percentage of your agents have established their own social media presence? Well, I would say the majority of them are on Facebook. Uh, okay. So they do have that. Uh, you have some that are on Instagram, some have YouTube, um, LinkedIn accounts. So we really try to push So We've been pushing it for a while. So uh, I would say about only about 30 to 40% of our agents uh, actually are active on, uh, on social media. Okay. It should be more. Um, and some of them may be active, but they're not active for their business, right? They're yeah, active right just way. for their personal use. Yeah. Uh, but I will say, uh, out of my top 10 agents, I would say that pretty much, uh, 90% of them, the top nine, I think there's maybe one that might you know, not be that active in it, um, that are very active on social media. Um, and I would say my top five all do video. So, um, and again, this is just something that they progressed over the years. We've done a lot of training. We, you know, I got speakers that come in and speak about it all the time and, uh, we do webinars on it and keeping them in front of, of it. So, um, but I, I think a good portion of, you know, it goes back to the whole 80, 22, you know, mm-hmm. we have 20% of our agents do 80% of the business and the top 20% really do a good job uh, with social media and marketing himself out there, not only online, but also uh, offline as well. Perfect. It's all about creating those relationships. And, and like we've talked about, and I think we even touched on it when we were down in Florida the last time, you know, getting, getting people to know, like, and trust you, providing those opportunities for them to see who you are kind of, kind of see, smell, touch, and feel who you are as a person is in addition to as a business person. Uh, and people want to do business with people of like kind, um, you know, people that they can relate to. Um, and I'm, I'm glad to see that you, I'm glad to see that the best of your best are leveraging it. Um, I would love to see that number grow, but you're kind of, when you said 30 to 40%, I was a little bit surprised at how high that number was. Um, but it's, it's the way of the world. Where do you see, let, let's push a little bit more into that. What opportunities do you see? Because you do a good job with, with your own social media platforms and, and speaking on behalf of both you and the company um, to promote your agents and to attract other agents in the area. And that's a big part of recruiting as well, I believe. Where do you see the opportunities for some of your own people? And let's use your own company as, as the, the Petri dish here. Where do you see the opportunities for them 
that where are they lacking? What can they do more with? What can we provide help for them with? Uh, I think um, one of the things I'd like to see more is them get a little bit more involved with um, the community, uh, with social media. Uh, so we've done a lot of uh, business to business type interviews. Um, you know, we've done a couple uh, community spotlights. I say a couple, we've probably done a good 15 spotlight videos so far in businesses that are in the area. Because I think that uh, a lot of businesses in the area, they're not going to do it. They're not going to go out there and do it for themselves. And uh, we have a videographer that we have that uh, goes out and you, you met uh, our videographer yep. too when we were down in, in Florida and uh, very talented, does a really good job. But just being able to go out and interview other other um, businesses, I think I'd like to see my agents get a little bit more involved in that. Um, you, let me, and let me when cut, I ask the agents let me, why they don't. Let me I'll cut you off there real quick. Do you have... Do your agents have access to her as well as an in part of the in-house package? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, at a very, very discounted rate. Okay. So I mean, to go and get some of those videos, you know, they can be three, 4,000 bucks yeah. to go out and really tape a good quality video uh, of a business yep. uh, where, you know, we do them for three, 400 bucks. Yeah. So it's it. a, lot, a that, lot cheaper because we subsidize it. It's one of, it's one of the benefits. Like I, you know, I've had this conversation with you and many others. I don't look at my real estate company as the, the classic brokerage. I look at us as more of a modern day agency. So when you, when you look and see our name, you will not see Dean Miller real realty or Dean Miller broker. It's the Dean Miller real estate agency. That's how we refer to it. And, and we, I understand why they're doing it at a reduced rate. Our goal is eventually to build it up to the point where we have a full, a full-time team, not just Corey and myself, but we actually have a full-time team of media producers that all of our agents will have full access to. All they've got to do is book the schedule and the time because I see that as the, as the way of the future. Um, you know, we've jumped on board doing the community spotlight videos as well. And I, I look at the engagement we get just from those business owners, the level of appreciation that they have that someone wants to come out and support them. And yes, we're doing it to get attention for ourselves as well, but we're doing it from a position of kindness and, and giving uh, in providing value to the community and to those who are coming into the community who don't know as much about it. So I love the fact that you're doing that. Continue. Yeah, they do. They appreciate it for sure. And the businesses definitely appreciate it. So that's, that's a good leverage. The other one is doing, um, you know, more Q and a type videos, uh, educating buyers and sellers about what's going on. And we have a, you know, a few agents that do a great job doing that where every week they'll pick a question that uh, they got from one of their buyers or seller, whether it be on an inspection, attorney question, mortgage question, uh, any type of questions they have, and they'll just answer it on video. And I think that goes a long way. A lot of engagement on that. And people appreciate it. Um, but, uh, like we were saying, the more we educate, right. People do business when they know, like, and trust mm -hmm. the way they trust you is by, them knowing who you are, trusting the information you have and being the authority figure in the marketplace. So, you know, out of 40 or 4,000 agents here in the capital district, uh, why go with you versus all the other agents that they can go with? And um, so, you know, I think I'd like to see more of that, you know, more videos, more education type things, more personal type spotlight videos, even on themselves uh, in their personal life, because people like that. Like they don't want to have a um, you know, I tell people like, you know, you don't want to just have a, you know, a professional, you know, suit and tie and old bit and be the same background all the time, you know, switch it up and get out there and let people know who you really are. And, um, the ones that do it, get it. And they're doing a great job with it. That's why I love, I love doing the, uh, I love doing this via zoom for those who are going to watch this, you know, I can sit down in front of a pool, 
I think it's my per- my personal favorite. I'm miss I'm missing hockey and baseball a lot right now. So I've got a picture of the Winter Classic in Yankee Stadium. So I'm in Yankee Stadium in front of ice right now. Uh, and I, I love that. I love that tech. There you go. Willie's a beach guy. I like the beach guys. Yeah. So I'll stick on the beach. Here for a little bit. <laughs> so we, uh, and then there was another one down here. This one kind of freaked me out a little bit <laughs> talking about virtual <laughs> backgrounds, but yeah, I, I tech has become so simple and so easy. And we're actually spinning, like I said, we're spinning our media division possibly into a separate, completely separate company because there are so many agents who, who understand the value and the benefit of doing it, but are scared to death to actually try. So, you know, who, who are we to help to, to, to not provide an opportunity for them to succeed with it and to actually teach them how to do it for themselves. But in the meantime, while you, while you're learning, let's let a pro teach you how to do it as opposed to some of these hack programs out there that say, Hey, pay me 500 bucks a month and we'll do this for you. And it's really something that you could do for free for yourself after about a 20 minute class. Um, I, I, I love it. And what, 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 what made you want to hire her in-house as opposed to outsource it? Uh, just like you said, I'd rather have a professional do it. Who's going to do it right. I mean, there's so many different things that, um, you know, you can only be a master of so many things there you and go. I'm not going to go out there and do video and all that stuff for all the, uh, the agents and everything else. We needed an employee to do that. And we needed someone that had really good skills for that. And I said to the agents, you know, uh, this is an investment uh, in the company. It's also an investment in themselves, but um, I really wanted someone that um, could do a good job, really showing a lot about what we do as a company and do it professionally. And, um, you know, it was definitely worth the money. I mean, we, we got the idea when we were down at uh, uh, Agent 2021, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of years ago. And yep. that's where that really came to me. And I'm like, you know what? That was my one big takeaway is I'm going to go back. And I'm going to hire someone yeah. uh, to actually do this and help us leverage uh, what we do and, and show the general public what we do. But you know what, Dean, the other thing is that, you know, we were talking about agents and what makes us different, say, than even other brokerages that I really feel that not only can I give them a lot of training and coach them just like I coach other agents around the, around the country, um, but I'm also a true partner for them. Like I really see my agents as a partner and uh, I'm invested in their success because the more successful they are, the more successful we are as a company. Right. And I think that makes a, a big difference. And there's times that I've, you know, I've paid for certain things that I'm, you know, like, or go half with them on certain type of marketing uh, things that they're doing, whether it be a, a billboard or a postcard campaign or something like that, because we are partners and I'm making money as a broker for them. They're making money going out there. And sometimes, um, not that they don't want to invest, they just don't, um, sometimes know that, you know, what should I be investing in? Well, you know what, why don't we go into this one together and I'll show you how this works because it's worked for me or it's worked for other coaching members that we've helped. And it takes kind of that little bit, you know, they appreciate going into it together as a partnership versus them having to risk putting all the expense up and uh, on, you know, maybe failing or it failing and then that's what stops them from moving forward. So back to your question with the uh, videographer, I felt if I, someone in place and brought someone in house uh would they use uh and start doing video more and, and they did and it definitely worked fantastic all right we're gonna we're gonna come down the home stretch stretch fourth quarter here give me some insight what what have been some of your biggest business struggles whether it be 
with your agents, whether it be the growth of your company, whether it be managing multiple companies, give me some insight, some, some things people can look out for to avoid making some of the same mistakes you and I have made. Uh, biggest struggles I got to see, uh, I mean, really comes down to the shiny objects that are out there. There's so many shiny objects out there, team. I mean, every time we put the email on, I mean, I probably got 20 more emails since we've been on this call, right? And it's by this, by that, and this works and that works. And everyone's looking for the magic pill. Um, but if you think about it, you know, we all go back to, I mean, doing some of the same things uh, back from when I started in 98, right? I'm still doing no personal notes. I'm still working on a database. I'm still making those phone calls to, to deepen those relationships. But I think the biggest struggle is uh, agents really not putting the, the, the time in, right? Not putting the effort to, to be consistent. And it just stayed to a true plan. And what it comes down to is that two things I see um, is accountability and execution. I think those are the two biggest things is that if we had agents just focus on five, six things that they needed to focus on, and let's say we just break them down into 12-week increments, um, and they had the accountability behind it, and they execute on it, they get success. Um, but I see that a lot of us will go to seminars, we'll go to different, uh, or go on a, a, you know, there was a webinar this afternoon that a lot of my agents were on, and there was a lot of great ideas of things you can do. And I bet you a lot of them will listen to it, they'll write down some notes, but never do anything with it, right? right? So we have accountability meetings that we have in our own. We're actually doing virtual accountabilities now uh, where we bring them all together, either together when we didn't have this uh, pandemic going on. But now we're doing it virtually where we'll get 15 of them on a, on a phone call, on a Zoom call like this. We go around for one hour and just say, okay, Dean, what are the top you know, two or three things you want to get done here in the next 30 days? And what are you going to do in the next week? Right. And they have to come back and report that a week later on our Friday call. But here's the, the magic is that we assign them to another, um, another agent that they have to work with each and every day and check in with to make sure that they're working on that, see if there's any stocks or challenges that they have. And, um, and then every week we rotate that person. So they get to know uh, other agents within our company a lot at a deeper level, but also that they have to answer to someone and one of their peers creates that, um, that um, I don't want to say fear a failure factor, but you know, no one wants to let anyone down. So they actually do it, they execute and they get the results from it. So I think that that's one of the things that I see a lot of people struggle with is that they don't have the accountability, the execution, uh, or the systems in place to really get a lot of stuff done in a timely manner. I love it. And, and, and accountability is, is the determining factor. I think in almost everybody's success or failure, it's it, can you be accountable not only to your clients, your customers, the consumer, um, the people you work with, but at, at, again, the person that looks back at you in the mirror every day, uh, can you honestly go to bed and wake up every day saying that you put in the effort required to achieve the results that you want to achieve, um, and not blow smoke up your own ass to be completely blunt about it. Um, Willie, you have been a, a blessing to me for years. I appreciate your friendship and your guidance and mentorship, your level of professionalism, uh, your even keel temperament has always been a grounding force for me. And I can't thank you enough for that. Well, it says that I'm a very calm guy. It, well, you listen, you, I, I've never seen you really get worked up. I've seen you get a little heated and a little silly, but I would never say, I guess, so you get, get worked up. So yeah, you've got, you've got that even keel. And I think that that is a, a wonderful character trait that, that you have. And I think it, it works well for someone who's put themselves in a position to 
build an organization like yours. I think you do a great job with it. And the people up there are lucky to have you as their, as their mentor and their leader. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to do this with us today. Uh, you always bring some great information. If anybody out there would like to learn more about Willie's coaching program that's coming up, stay in touch with us. We'll be more than happy to connect you when he's ready so that we don't overwhelm him uh, with inquiries. Uh, Willie and I have got a, pretty much got a bat phone connection, so if there's anything you need from him, I'm more than happy to help. If you're in the capital region up in Albany, New York, and you've got a need for real estate or insurance services, by far, I would trust him with the sale of not only my own property, but mom's, dad's, grandma's, and grandpa's. Um, this guy's the epitome of loyalty and, and integrity. Um, Willie, you got any closing remarks? You know, that's, uh, thank you so much for the kind words, Dean. And uh, just, you know, really at this point, I know that we're all going through a lot of things right now. My number one priority has been to make sure that myself, my family, my business family are both, uh, both safe and uh, healthy. And so far, I'm glad to report that everyone's doing really good uh, and doing well. And I, and I wish the same for everyone on this call. And, you know, this is a tough time that we're going through. Um, but I'm, if I'm a gambling man, which I'm really not, but if I am, I'm always going to bet on Americans and uh, what we do. And I know we'll get through this. So uh, stay safe, stay healthy. And if you ever need anything, you know where to find me. Just go to williamrandy.com or Google me somewhere, and I'm sure I'll pop up somewhere. I'd be more than happy to help. That's it. We don't give out phone numbers anymore because it's just too damn easy to find out. It's, you don't have to stalk people anymore. You type three letters of their name, and you can find out their whole life. Dude, thank you so yeah. much for taking the time to do this, Willie Miranda. Once again, thank you all so much for tuning into Opportunity Knox. If you like what you see and or hear here, we would greatly appreciate it. If you took a moment or two to give us a review, it helps spread the word, spread the message grow the audience and see what we can do to be a more, more benefit to more people out there. As always, thank you so much for your time and we greatly appreciate your attention. Go make this a fantastic day. Find a way to laugh at yourself and make somebody else smile and have a wonderful day. Thanks so much for tuning in.